Hello everyone and welcome to the latest episode of Reliving the Extreme. Nate Maxson, your host, here with you. And before we get to the meat of the matter, if you will, the episode of ECW from October the 10th, 1995, I do want to remind you, if you'd like to support the show, you enjoy what we do here, we are now available on Patreon. www.patreon.com backslash Reliving the Extreme. Um, what we have there for you is... You can start at $5 a month, and, and essentially what I do is, for the $5 a month, if we have any bonus shows, we will be putting those up there, which we are going to start working on those, because I really want to focus on, on a lot of more bonus content for the show. But also, every week, whenever we record, no matter what day it is or night, I put up the unedited uh, version of the show immediately or as immediately as I can after we record and usually say the show is an hour there's probably an hour and a half of, of content that um, is actually there the stuff that, that hits the cutting room floor if you will like before we start recording after we stop recording uh, different things like that so for five dollars a month you can get in the door for that to uh, listen to that bonus material and then we also have up to a $15 tier. With the $15 tier, you can actually be a co-host on the show on selected weeks. So, again, just a way to support the show and what we do here at Reliving the Extreme. If you enjoy it, you can go to patreon.com backslash reliving the extreme and sign up today to get that bonus content. And like I said, we're going to be working on uh, more bonus episodes for the Patreon. Maybe not even ECW stuff. You know, as you all know, we talk about a lot of old school territory wrestling and things here. Uh, might just start doing some stuff about that. You know, just extra content for you, the listeners. But we do appreciate your support, whether you support us on Patreon or not. We love our listeners. And thank you for listening. And right now, let's get into our show for the week. It is ECW, October 10th, 1995. Let's do this. This Come week on, on Reliving the Extreme, we are covering the episode of ECW from October the 10th, 1995. Those of you that are listening will notice that we have skipped a few weeks of the TV show uh, because mainly the 19th, the 26th, and October 3rd, are just stuff from the uh, show we just watched and reviewed, which was Gangsta's Paradise. Uh, like I told the guys in there somewhere, there is the Kane Dewey promo. That is, that is on the September 19th, 95 edition of ECW. But if you're listening to this show, you've probably heard the Kane Dewey promo. And I will say this, one of the great all-time promos that I've ever seen myself. Yeah, and if we don't, it, it, I mean, if we don't see it later on or even... After this, just fucking put it in like post production. Just look it up on YouTube and play it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I I don't know. I don't know, I don't know what the whole confusion is about this whole Kane Dewey promo. We haven't heard it. Are you saying we haven't heard it yet? No, not not on the shows. The 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 September nineteenth ninety five episode that we didn't watch because again, it, all it had was the dog collar match on it, other than the Kane Dewey promo. Um, but that was the first time that I had seen it. At, at, at seen it as we were watching the shows. I Other just, than being a, oh, I remember. Ahead, I remember being down in. Um, I remember being down in, in uh, Memphis when I when I saw this. When I saw when I saw the King Dewey promos, I was getting. I was just getting ready to go to a show with a buddy of mine, and we were watching ECW on an old ass big. Big ass green TV, and I heard this promo, and I'm like, "Oh, this is ridiculous!" Like, 
this is something else kind of stuff. And, and then I thought for a minute, wait a minute, I, maybe I was there because I don't think I, I think I think he did this promo a couple times, like not that night. I think he did it. I think he did a couple versions of it because mm-hmm. just like a night or two before, I was there in Philadelphia. And then that's when I was watching the Kane Dewey promo. I'm thinking, why do I feel like I was there, like for this promo? But the only thing I, I got out of it was the Kane Dewey. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, it, it was kind of like, wait a minute, how many times did they do this? Because Jack didn't think it was like it was stellar or superb or you know top notch. And I was like, wait a minute, it may have taken them like you know, twenty hours to to, to do this. <laughs> I do remember being at the ECW arena like 20 hours. So, yeah, that's totally a possible <laughs> thing. Um, the only thing I was going to say is that when we get to the end of the show, um, Joey's putting over the fact that Mick's not doing hardcore on purpose, you know? And the only reason that the Kane Dewey promo might, might be significant to that is that we that we skipped over it so you're not seeing the the initial reason why mix like i don't want to go hardcore anymore that's that that's the only reason that i'm like yeah that's why it's significant to mention it because essentially what it was was mick wanted to be hardcore and uh, um appease the fans until he saw that sign that basically said kane my son Kane Dilly, like, yeah, dude. Guys. That's exactly. I mean, that's exactly what how that was came about. I, I mean, I'm, I'm almost 100 percent sure I was there for that because I was like, I, like I was saying earlier, I was there that weekend and then I was gone that Tuesday. You know, so I didn't. I, I may have not have seen the TV for a week, or I may have saw that Tuesday. I don't. I don't know how how that shit aired, kind of thing. But I remember seeing it. I'm like, dude, I was there. And and yeah, that that Kane Dewey thing because I, I I think I think I looked at Paul like when when he said that, and I could just see like the smile on his face kind of thing because that's when we were doing the promos um, downstairs mm-hmm. of the arena way before they built that stupid stage upstairs, that piece of crap up there, and they would just find up. It was, it was literally in the locker room. It was literally in the locker room. They had the two big poles with the ECW banner tent thing, and then they just did. It. We just did them right there. Why everybody was just getting like getting undressed and going home. And as everybody's leaving, then you look at the clock. It's one thirty, two o'clock, two thirty. You know, what I mean, it's like, come on, man. And you're still got. There's still the Rotten Brothers bleeding them. You know, <laughs> like waiting to do their shit. Dude, that shit was that shit was the worst part about it. That was the worst part about it. Fuck all the beating and all that shit. As soon as I walk back to that curtain and I get dressed, I'll wait till the end of the show. If it ends at a decent hour, and then you can pay me, then I'll leave. Or you can pay me now, and then I'll leave. But you, like, you didn't book me for fourteen hours. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and this might this might be a dumb <clears throat> question, but. Um, who do you think zoned in and noticed the Kane Dewey sign? Like, like I know Mick cut the promo, but do you think 
like as as a worker, Paul. would you notice that the crowd is you're working, or was it Paul seeing it on camera and be like, "Oh, fucking Kane Dewey." Yeah, dude. You know what I mean? uh, like, yeah. If, if if it wasn't if it wasn't Paul, like you know, Paul was probably was directing. Um, so it may not have been him. It could have been D'Angelo, Louis. Um, it could have been him. Um, yeah, but if I had to guess, at that point in time, we were we were still um, a, a minuscule budget, so to speak. So I doubt we had that sort of that sort of stuff. You know, it, it would have taken like a, an uber smart supermarket to fucking run up there and tell Paul, "I had a sign of this King Dewey." You know what I mean? And then. Paul probably could have seen him post production, you know. Yeah, I got, I was gonna say I can see Polly going, Jack. I have the perfect inspiration for your heel turn, sir. Because what a mo- you know you want you want the heel turn to have motivation. That's fucking motivation right there. And yeah, dude, I like I, like I said, I just, I just remember being in Al- in Arkansas, hearing that promo, and and it was like, and he made it sound so sympathetic too. Kane Dewey, and it was the it was the cadence in his voice and the way that he said it that made it even um, more effective, right? Mm-hmm. It was like just the Kane Dewey. I'm thinking like, yeah, it's just a kid. <laughs> I mean, he didn't come Kane, my kid. <laughs> I think, like I'd be the I'd be the only wrestler that wouldn't get upset if you were if he threatened to cover and beat up my kid. My kid on a pole match. <laughs> <laughs> and like none of us would try to climb it. <laughs> Claim Dewey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yes, the um the the episode that we're watching here, October 10th, 95. I'm just trying to see if there was anything else. There's not really anything else of significance. I guess on the on the October 3rd show, they show show footage of um Sandman and Mikey in Middletown, New York, having a match in what looks like a sports bar. And Steve Austin comes out and gets between the two of them. But other than that, not a lot on the bo- not a lot of meat on the bone for those three weeks. Because like I said, we already saw all the matches on the Gangsta's Paradise show. So now we'll move on to October 10th, 1995, ECW Hardcore TV. And we start out with a Steve Austin promo. And... Um, this is essentially Steve airing his grievances about WCW. Uh, Pitt, you Dude, know, doesn't Pitt, doesn't he have doesn't he have some of the bluest eyes you've ever seen in your life? <laughs> yeah, and he's doing that. He's doing that thing where he like gazes off into the, you know, just to bring even bring more attention to it. Like he gazes off in, to the left and he gazes off to the right with like a kind of crazy look in his eyes. But yeah, you're definitely he has the bluest fucking eyes. <laughs> yes, really blue eyes, man. Anyway, at, at, at that time he had hair, so he had the blonde hair, he had the blue eyes. I'm thinking, oh my god! I mean, you know, I, I mean, I have blue eyes, and I get a lot of people saying that I have nice eyes and all. I'm like, dude, they not. I mean, you got to put a, a fucking TV camera or lights on them, like like this to be like Steve Austin's eyes. Yeah, I get, I get the same thing. I, I have blue eyes too. And people are like, oh, like you have the nicest eyes. Like that's like. The one feature I have that doesn't fucking work because I got to put fucking glasses over them. It's like I wish I looked like like fucking Steve Austin <laughs> had yeah. like fucking nice hair and a build. But nobody knows that he had LASIK. 
Like, like they weren't really, they weren't really blue. He got this whole entire cosmetic thing done. Where <laughs> he got the LASIK surgery, where he ain't got work. You can imagine Steve, Steve Austin wearing glasses, and and being Steve Austin, like Steve Austin Dudley. Just, I mean, like, but not even like the Dudley glasses, just regular glasses. Like how badass he would Stunning. not come across Stunning Dudley. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that, that would be that would be awesome if he just had to wear like bifocals. <laughs> wow, that gimmick would have went, went a long way, wouldn't it? Or it would have went it would have went away a long way. It went away, yeah. Went 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 away a long way. He's got like Arn Anderson glasses on. Who? He's got like Arn Anderson glasses on. Oh, the way he wears them. <laughs> yeah, like he's, like he's an old man reading a fucking old novel. <laughs> It was the best of times. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. That was my white whale. I could, I could, yeah, I could there's like there, there's a few Arn Anderson promos, especially when he was on Nitro, where he wore glasses and he took them off to like cut his promo, and, yeah, right. and he cut like a great he cut a great promo, and then he'd walk away. But then realize he forgot his glasses and have to come back. Like Tony would be like, "Oh, great promo from Arn Anderson or whatever," and, and like Arn's like in the back of the shot, like, "Oh shit, I forgot my glasses. I gotta go get them." So he so he come it's out like, there wearing the glasses, and he starts off somber in the promo. Then he gets all heated up. And take him off. Takes his glasses off. Take him off. And, <laughs> and he throws them down. down. And he, and he forgets them. Cut the promo. And then realize, oh shit, I forgot my glasses. And he just go back and get them. And you'd see him in the back, Dude. and he just walk away. God that's, damn, that Arn. seems like that seems like somebody you would see on one of them A and E like shows, like Customer Wars or something. <laughs> Imagine an irate Arn Anderson comes back because he forgets his glasses, and then he realizes he forgets his pork shanks. And then he, you know, and then they're asking for, for a receipt. He's Arn Anderson. I just fucking forgot my goddamn glasses. Yeah, that that that's something. He forgot his glasses. And you know, that also that also could be cool if he was smart enough. And Arn's way way smarter enough to re, to come back with the the crescendo, like the the end of the promo. You know, and then you know, and then made me so mad I forgot my glasses. Yeah, and then you know, and then while I'm here, let me just end it with this, you know. That, yeah, that 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 could have been that could have been something really special, I guess. Yeah, but good notice though. Well, as Austin's cutting his promo again, like I said, he's talking about his grievances with WCW getting fired over the phone by Eric Bischoff or by Eric Bischoff's assistant. He uh, discusses pitching ideas. Uh, to have, you know, to work with Ric Flair, to work with Randy Savage, to work with Hulk Hogan. And, of course, the voice that he does in every rejection is, that's not what we got planned for you today, baby. That's not what we got. We're going to keep you where you at, baby. So, obviously, he's alluding to Dusty Rhodes. I love that. I love that he's like, he's pretty much like, I've been to the I've been to the Sportatorium in Dallas, Texas, but the ECW arena is the biggest piece of shit I've ever seen in my life. And I just I thought that it's a fucking dump. It's a dump. <laughs> Dude, they, they 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 could put like, I don't know, 30 
maybe 3,000, 2,500, 3,000 plus people in the sportatorium. And that's kind of like almost open air kind of place with ventilation and stuff. This is a fucking, this is a dump. <laughs> like this is, this is literally four fucking, you know, brick walls with a roof on it. No ventilation, you know, at all. Like, I don't, I don't even know what the purpose of the building was supposed to be for, you know, like how does it, what, what is the real estate th- deal here? It, there's no, there's no reason for this building to be there. But but look what they what look what they turned it into. I mean, if you guys would have ever have been there when I first started going, I mean, literally, no, there was no plumbing, no, there was no bathroom, there nothing, there there was none none of this. There was nothing, you know. And then you're talking about the blood, the guts, the garbage, the everything, the take all that nonsense. There's nowhere to go wash up at. Nowhere. There's the bathroom. There was just a toilet that was that somebody, some plumber, kind of, you know, jiffy shot, and and it put it in. You could tell it was it was third party because there was a piece of wood. You had to step up on it to get into it, like you know, to get into the little the one little. To- there was no shower. There was nothing there, you know. <laughs> You know, maybe you can walk. I'd walk down to the corner pizzeria and grab me just a buy a water just to wash my head off from, you know, from getting, from getting beat up. But that's the way that fucking place was, man. It's so amazing if, that it wasn't he, so if, long. If ECW would have taken up residence there, that place probably wouldn't exist today is what you're saying. There's no chance. No, there's no way it would have. There's no way it would have. Because, could be, I mean, I, I, I can tell you this firsthand. Because the bingo was only um, for like four hours a night. And it was only... Uh, I think four, I think four nights. I think it was three or four nights a week, and it, you know, and then there's no way they were paying the same kind of rent that we were paying. There's no way because we were we were breaking stuff. Uh, you know what I mean? Like all the tables that we were breaking were the bingo people's tables. <laughs> These they, they weren't our tables. They, they weren't tables that Paul went out and bought. These are all the tables that the these people had to come in after we left at like three o'clock in the morning. And, and Beatrice wasn't going head first through the fucking wall. Yeah, I mean, do, do, I mean, you, you still to this day on the show see the bingo number thing, you know, and and the, uh, you could probably if you look close enough, you can still see damage on the wall, <laughs> and and certain spots. Like this was a dump. It it really should never. It should it should have never last. I mean, the only thing I can think of the reason why it's still there. Because there was a warehouse attached to it, and like I said, there was a pizzeria in the corner, and there was something in the middle that may have been attached to the warehouse. So from the ECW arena, about two like rows up, there was kind of businesses, you know. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I'm guessing they were warehouse businesses or some sort of shipping businesses, kind of stuff like that. Yeah, and but it was a whole entire block, definitely. Yeah. The uh, the comparison, like I said, the comparison Steve makes to the Sportatorium, which I always heard the Sportatorium was a dump too. But actually, I got to um, what the company that I was a manager for in 2002 had their managers conference in Dallas, 
So I got to drive out past the Sportatorium, me and another guy who was a wrestling fan. Didn't get to That's go cool. in it or anything, obviously. It was 2002. I think they tore it down in 2003. But we got we got to go out past the location. Um, by that point, they had even taken the Sportatorium shit off of it. It didn't even say Sportatorium. I don't know who owned it at that point or whatever, but it was it was cool to go see it, you know, just to, to say I got to lay my eyes on it. Dude, that's a fucking that's a that's a lost treasure, man. Like, who owns that sign? Right, <laughs> exactly. Um, somebody, somebody, it's probably David Manning. It probably if I had if I had to even take a guess at it, right? Yeah, because he would have been. He was the last guy that promoted there, wasn't he? Was it him or Gary Hart? Who was the last guy to promote there? It, well, I'm sure they were hand in hand. So you know. Well, David Manning's still alive, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he's probably got a better chance of owning it. <laughs> <Yeah>. All right. <laughs> the uh, And Austin, again, he shits on the talent of ECW. Says it's all a bunch of violent crap. But he essentially says he's a superstar He's always known he's a superstar. WCW didn't realize he was a superstar, but in the ECW, he can't be held back. And uh, the gist of the promo, good shit, pal. Yeah, totally good. A great promo. I mean, that's a that's a that's a shoot promo in nineteen ninety. Was we still in ninety five? Right? Yeah, ninety five. Yep. In nineteen ninety five, he pulled enough of the curtain back for every smart mark. That watches the, the ECW that know that thinks they know the business. He said enough in that promo to get him over. And and what he and then what 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 he didn't say, I mean what else he what he did say is that people that didn't know about any of that stuff, it was enough juice of a promo to like him anyway. Like, yeah. you know, he, he, he's like I mean everybody knows who Eric Bischoff is. You know, it, in 1995, who's definitely watching ECW, so they might not know the issue that's going on with Steve Austin, and, you know, all that stuff. But the fact that he's saying all that stuff is like, damn, damn this guy's fucking shy, you know. <laughs> it's like, damn. So yeah, it's a it's a money maker and, right and there, man. It, it's too bad we couldn't keep Steve and, longer. And the way and the way he did it with the verbiage was like years later, if you guys remember, like. We go into WCW 2000. We're like, it's like, oh, Goldberg's going against the script, you know, and they completely break kayfabe. Steve articulated it well enough to make it sound like he wasn't trying to say, oh, Dusty doesn't want me to like go against the script. He's like, I wanna, I wanna feud with Hogan, and I got this ain't. You know what I mean? Like it's like he didn't make it seem. Yes, because you can't. Like it was I've said it. I've said it a million times. You cannot break kayfabe and say the word script on a wrestling show because then you completely shit on the. Okay, so either either Goldberg went off the script, or Bret Hart was trying to win the title. Both things cannot be true. You know what I mean? Like. Either, either it's a, yeah. if you're when you're presenting it on TV, it's either a sport or it's not a sport. We all know it's not, but it's a sport or it's not a sport during the television presentation. Yeah, that's right. I, I agree. Yeah, you're, that's a, that's an accurate assessment. 
Yeah, when I hear when I hear the words back, back in like the early or sorry, Aaron. No, I was just saying like Steve went with like, hey, you know, Steve, Steve, man, Steve, yeah, Steve, I, Steve was essentially alluding to I wanted to compete with these guys, but they wanted me to stay down here and yeah, yeah, and he did he, he did a really good job with it, obviously it's fucking Steve awesome obviously. He did. Well, up next on yeah. the show, Hype Central with Lance Wright. Lance Wright looking nice and greasy. Um, and he introduces a promo with Sandman and Woman, who are talking about an upcoming ladder match with Mikey Whipwreck. And Sandman also essentially alludes to Steve Austin, better stay out of my business. So we're heading into a, tr- a triangle feud here with Sandman, Mikey, and Steve Austin, of course. Okay. Um, oh. Really don't have a whole lot of fucking notes. I just thought that it, I guess that it was what it was, right? Yeah, and it, I mean, it wasn't much of a promo. It was probably, what, Aaron, 20 seconds, but. Yeah, but a lot of it's, what's funny is um, Steve going to the WWF, Mikey um, says that Steve stole his fish, and Sandman says that Steve stole his beer drinking gimmick. Mm, yeah, well, I mean, it's an argument, right? He did steal his drink drinking gimmick. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, saying it says, so I mean, it, and at the end of at the end of the day, then Sandman stole Dick the Bruiser's gimmick or the Crusher's gimmick. <laughs> yeah, this Man, is if, true. If, you, if you're gonna if you're gonna play fucking you know if you're gonna play that gimmick. Sure, it took fucking thirty I'm years. Not I'm saying um, Mikey said Steve stole the whippersnapper and made it the Stone Cold Stunner, and he was and Sandman was like, "Oh, stole my beer drinking I think. I think. Uh, I think they all stole my beer drinking gimmick. Touche. <laughs> <laughs> Well, up next, then we get a Taz promo. Taz uh, talks about uh, Jason. He talks about Two Cold Scorpio. He talks about meeting Luthez. I don't know if this is or not, but he talks about meeting Luthez and essentially Luthez telling him what, to. What, you don't uh, think Scorpio met Luthez? No, Taz. Taz. I mean, Taz. I I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know if he met him or not, but I do know oh, he uses I, it I, as I, a. I guarantee he did. I guarantee he did. Not only, I, I bet you that was something that he sought out to do. <laughs> and I know Taz. Well, I knew Taz per, you know, back then. Yeah, that, that uh, he definitely met Luthez. There, there's no doubt about it, because he he was the kind of guy that was his shit. That was Taz's. That was Taz's shit. And anytime Luthez, I, I bet I, you he met him. I bet you he met him more than once. There's, he had to have met him more than once. But I yeah, think I Taz you, met Luthez. I don't think Luthez is like, oh, you got to choke out Jason. Is that what Luthez said? That's, That's what Taz idea. said, Luthez said. Yeah, well, I mean, all Taz He's like, oh, tell Jason, was... Jason embarrassed you, choke out Lou, and Lou was like, choke him out. Um, yeah. My favorite guess... thing of the Taz promo, my, oh, sorry, my favorite thing of the Taz promo was that he called two cold Scorpio bubble butt. Mm. Big ass Taz. Yeah, your bubble butt. Uh, I'll choke you out. <laughs> yeah, that bubble works. butt. I I, I want to go back to the loose Taz nonsense. So Taz told 
or Luthez told him to choke out Jason. Do do what possibility? <laughs> Are you going to get Luthez to, to say that? Much less, where do you get the opportunity? I mean, I I get the opportunity. He could have been at some kind of a, like a signing or something, but to get him to say that, he doesn't even know who Taz is. Much less, yeah, like that's what I was gonna say. Like, like Luthez sat down with his VHS copy of Gangsta's Paradise, and, yeah, <laughs> or whatever, and was like, ah, oh, that Taz needs to get revenge on that Jason. He don't even know what what fucking what hour it is of the day. I'm gonna, give, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna give him I'm gonna give him a pair of my wool tights to wear while he gets his revenge on Jason. Yeah, he'll he'll, he'll be the first wrestler on color television. I bet his I bet he names his son Hook. You know, Hooker. <laughs> he's it? a hooker. Yeah, I can I can already tell he's a fucking grizzled fucking salty fucking jabronian. Fucking Luthez. Overrated. Wait till we wait. Did I did I ever put him in I, there's no chance that I voted for him in a Hall of Fame. There's no way. Nope, you'd have you haven't voted for Luthez. No, no, and it's probably never gonna happen. I'm probably going to vote for Rosie Perez before I vote for Luthez. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fuck. She, she, she's watched more wrestling than he's been good at. The Perez press. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fuck Luthez. After this, uh, after that Taz promo, Joey introduces a video talking about the newcomer tag team of the Eliminators. And I noted during the video, there's actually footage of a match with, with Chad and someone against the Eliminators. Do you remember working these guys at the ECW arena, Chad? Y'all dude. I was, uh, yeah, yeah, I do. I was, I was, I was handpicked for the match. Honestly. Um, I had just met them. Uh, I was only like not, not even three weeks behind them. Like, um, when, when they were working in Memphis and, and then I showed up, I had met them the first night that I was there and it was like the second or third night before they were leaving. Mm-hmm. So I had met them and I, I didn't, I didn't, um, I didn't know them personally cause I didn't see them work, you know, or nothing like that. And then, um, you know, we, uh, I met them through, uh, Ian of all fucking people. And, uh, and then when we, when we came back around and I met him again back at the arena, uh, Paul was looking for fucking job guys for him. And um, I told him that I had worked him uh, before. And it was like, yeah, you know, I, I know I can take all this shit. How were they to work with? Were they it was like. Oh, they were fine, dude. Were they- I mean, I, I mean, um, Saturn for that, for a guy that size that could that, that does that stupid fucking you know because again uh, well who was up with Donnie? I I, I think so. Yeah. I think so. I don't know because really <laughs> the only footage was you taking bumps from them, that, so that, I didn't that, see your partner. Yeah, that that's what I'm asking. I wrote that down too. It was like it seemed like they just double teamed me the whole entire match. <laughs> um, uh, whatever it was, but uh, you know because I had worked them before, and and. It's not that I didn't trust Donnie to do whoever my partner was, whatever. I just knew that I've taken him before, and at that point they were doing some stupid kind of tag team stuff where it was more double team stuff, and you know, 
they were like adding like stuff kind of thing where you had to be in the right spot, blah, blah, blah. And I, I you know, I've said it before on the show or on other shows. I'm, I'd rather, I'd rather be responsible for it than somebody else. You know, if we're underneath, it's especially if we're underneath guys, you know, nobody wants to, no, no underneath guy wants to fuck up a spot, you know, and fuck up a guy, you know, a top guy, you got to think so. Put the responsibility on me. I don't fuck shit up. Well, yes, we have. Like so I said, Perry we have the emergency. I was just saying. So Perry and John were easy to work with. Oh, they were. They were tremendous to work with. I mean, nothing. Nothing they did. Uh, Perry was a stiffer than than John, but that was. And John John wasn't nowhere near stiff. So, you know, you just imagine a clothesline from Perry was a clothesline from Perry. But that's not going to kill you. You know what I mean? Yeah, it may have been a little stiff, but I, I mean, stiff as in who's the term, how, you know what I mean? Who you were. He gave it to I know, you perfect. I took I know, it I, I know Perry, I know Perry trained with, uh, with uh, Kowalski. Did, did, where did Cronus come from? Do you, does he, either of you guys know? I Oh, dude, I did. I, 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 oh my God. Now you're giving me like the, one of them brain I, I was going to say the first thing I know him, of him is the Memphis stuff. So I don't know where, who, where, who he trained or who trained him or I think where he, he came kinda... from Kowalski too. Okay. I think, um, I mean, it, it might come to me later on and I'll address it on the, uh, the weekend wrestle, uh, Facebook page. Um, if I figure out the answer, but I thought that Cronus. I mean, I thought that uh, Saturn brought him in, like to the school. Okay, well, that would make saw, sense. That would make yeah, sense. he he may he may had saw him wrestle somewhere, you know, on some you know outlaw gimmick, and say, "Hey, come up, come up here, whatever." Yeah, but they hooked up, man, dude. They were they were they didn't last in Memphis. I don't I, and and believe me, I know why they didn't last in Memphis. <laughs> They saw they, the fucking paydays there, man. I was about to say because they wanted to get paid. <laughs> I do. I, I, and I, I, I'm a hundred percent guaranteed. I, I I bet you anything I own that when I got there and I met them and I hung out with them and they were leaving and we never talked about it, like you know, on the surface, but we knew it was about money. Because I was coming in and they were just trying to tell me how bad the territory was, and I was like, I don't give a shit. What if, you know? what if, and I know I've probably told the story. You guys have probably heard it, and I've probably told it on this on the show before, but I'm gonna say it anyway, just because I think it's funny as shit. I love to tell it anytime I can. Dutch Mantel, when he, when they're in the thing, I think Jerry Jarrett or Jerry Lawler, one of the two, is dressing the crap the uh the wrestlers down saying None of you guys better be on steroids. None of you guys better be on steroids. And Dutch Mantel said, the way you're paying us, we aren't even on food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a Dutch Mantel thing. Yeah, well, it's totally Dutch Mantel. Um, my thing with the Eliminators, you know, we're, I know we're going to talk about them a lot going forward. As we should, but, honestly. Yeah, I think John Cronus... Like Perry Saturn's great, but, but I think John Crone is like a big dude. He's a fucking great worker. 
Yeah, but unfortunately, he was the first one to go. Like, uh, you know, yeah, he he was the first one to get hooked on. He got, he got hooked up with Axel, you know. He was the first one. And remember, I, I I don't I mean yeah I mean when you when you die when when you die of heart failure at thirty eight years old, yeah. I mean yeah it's gimmick. Um yeah all that little the things that we did with his fingers that little thing that was like that was something that he did with like uh he did it with like Scott Hall and did it with like like he did it like Axel and stuff too and like yeah that was I don't know what kind of gimmick it was. What I don't, I don't understand what the meaning was, but maybe I'll be a dark side of the ring. Like, what was that little signal? Like, you know, I'll be <laughs> we're gonna be fucked up. I don't know, fucked up in five minutes or you know what I mean, <laughs> kind of thing. But yeah, it, dude, yeah, it, it is what it is. We come to the ring now for the match between Taz and Jason, and um, Fonzie's out in the ring, lambasting how Taz has, has not been. Uh, he failed the physical. He's not been cleared to compete. But Taz goes that. What you skip? You skip Bueller's box. Oh, sorry. I didn't even write anything down about Bueller's box. But yeah, this is great. Now that you're mentioning it, <laughs> because uh, after I after I saw the the thing, I realized I didn't write anything down for this thing. This is tremendous. Fonzie says Taz can't compete or didn't pass the physical to compete, but Taz goes ahead and uh, chokes Jason out anyway, very quickly. Jason tries to, you know, tries to backfight him or whatever, and Taz chokes him out very quickly, which, as he should. Um, so, in other words, both guys played their role properly in how this fight should have went down. So, then Taz cuts a promo on Too Cold. He's moving on, and Jason... Goes into weasel mode and uh, starts cutting a promo on Taz with Joey. And Joey says, essentially, hey, we've got to get the show on the road here. we got a match coming up. And I thought it was silly or funny. Do you think that in the – because El Puerto Ricano comes out, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. And um, oh, I put him El Porta del Potty Potty. El Porta del Taco? You know who else you work as, man? El, El, El Porto del Porta Potty. No, he didn't work as Del Porto del Porta Potty. That's not that's not the name that he worked as. I mean, maybe in, in you know Ecuador, but and uh, he was um he was Ubass. The question that I had was yeah, did what? <laughs> I think Aaron's Aaron, your internet's a, like two seconds behind ours. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. What were you saying? Well, I just don't know. I was curious if El Porta Porta El Porta Potty was, was Julio De Niro. No, no. Yeah. He, uh, he was, a, he was a Mikey. He was a Mikey kid. Uh, Mikey brought him down from New York. Uh, great kid, man. I, I love that kid. I, I don't know whatever. I don't I have no idea whatever happened to him, but they didn't. He didn't have a name. He didn't have a gimmick. He was just the guy that could work. They came in like a you know a generic singlet. No no gimmick. You know, in indie guy kind of thing. 
And all of a sudden, I just remember he, he's L up, he's up at the canyon because I think I was in, I think me and him got nine one one, like together. I'm like he's up at the canyon. <laughs> do you think? Do you think my my biggest question about this thing is? Do you think that somebody before he went out told him, "Yeah, lose that, lose that fucking mask because it's it's hideous." So during oh, the segment, during this segment, he just lost the mask. Like he didn't lose it. Like it meant anything to him. He literally just took it off. <laughs> like, like it was his shirt. It's like, you look like a raper. <laughs> a raper? All of a sudden, they got a guy from the uh, sexual things who's gonna walk out. I thought you meant the jobber in the WWF, the Ken Raper. No, no, the guy that does oh, the fucking uh, kids. The guys, they got the guy that does the kids sex stuff. But were they catching on the internet? Chris Hansen. Chris Hansen. Stan Hansen. Stan Hansen. Yeah. Yeah. I thought Chris Stan Hansen. Hansen. <laughs> poor, poor El Porto Ricanio. Well, essentially, took El Porto Ricanio took off his mask and turned out it was fucking Jared from Subway. Who? El Porto Ricanio? Yeah. He was the he was the before Subway picture. Didn't Jared from Subway rape kids? I don't think he raped El Porto Ricanio. (laughs) (laughs) I think El Porto Ricanio was old enough to to say no. You can fight back. (laughs) Yes. I don't have open booty. Well, who knows, man? Maybe maybe he likes that. I don't. I don't know how Porto Ricanio do well, buddy. We, we only Jason, <laughs> well, essentially, this whole thing with Jason Porto, El Porto Ricanio essentially uh, makes Jason go away, and um, he because he's going to have a match with Cactus Jack anyway, and um, <laughs> the the gist of the match with Cactus Jack as they go through it, and actually. This dude actually had a pretty damn good match with Cactus Jack. Um, but the the fact that essentially Jack is is pissing the crowd off because he's, you know, he's doing he's doing the chin lock. He won't do the elbow off the apron onto the concrete. He's pretty much just wrestling this kid. And uh, well, I'll, so- I'll, I'll be I'll be totally honest. If it was if it wasn't El Porto Ricano, if it wasn't Donnie Allen. It would have been me if I had, I had not already got ready to start something. And I, I, I 100% positive that it would have been one of us three. <laughs> and after El Porto Ricardo got the, got the gig, I said, all right, man, great job. You know, I, we, we knew we knew his credentials, but we, all we, he, don't, he didn't fucking speak shit. He don't know, you know, he, you know, he, what? <laughs> and he, El Puerto Ricano, that's what you're coming here for? Okay, it's your gimmick in ECW, and you're going to expect to get over? You don't even have a mask. You have a whole bo- bodysuit, but no You mask. had a mask, and then you took it off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. What, what, well, I don't get it, El Puerto Ricano. Every time I would call him for breakfast the next morning, I had to go, hey, uh, you ready? I'll pour the Ricanio. I knew what his name was. Let me get Jared out of bed and we'll be there. Yeah, I'll pour the Ricanio. Fucking Jesus. 
Watch your hand. Watch your hands. Hot plate. Yeah. Should maybe breakfast. Well, even though even though Cactus Cactus refuses to do any hardcore wrestling in this match, uh, El Puerto Ricano winds up on the outside. Mm. Raven gives him a, a double arm DDT on the outside, and Cactus wins the match. And then afterwards, Raven's kind of bossing Cactus around, trying to get him to do some hardcore shit, and Cactus won't do it. There's some tension there. Um, that was cool, man. That shit was yeah. cool. Yeah, because you've got you've got this. Jack is so good at telling a story, so good at telling a story in every aspect of storytelling. Well, that that goes along with the text that I was texting you guys earlier before the show about how we were talking about how there wasn't a whole lot of stuff to talk about, and I, and I brought up about yeah, there was some there was some pretty decent stuff. Like when you it, it goes within the content of the show, it wasn't a whole lot of matches, but there was a whole lot of storytelling. We know within. Mm-hmm. Um, Aaron, before we get to the next segment of this segment, is there anything else you have to say about what we've discussed so far? Nope. It's just now no. <laughs> stupid ass Tommy Dreamers interjecting himself into this situation. Yes, here comes Tommy Dreamer and um, Cactus's character is even hesitant to do something hardcore to Tommy Dreamer when Raven is telling him to do it. And then eventually he succumbs to his demons. He does wrap his arm in barbed wire. Uh, they do do, you know, some shit with the table and stuff. But the the, 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 main, the main story oh, arc... It, 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 Tommy Dreamer is the heel in this situation. He He's had nothing to do with this match. He had nothing to do with this match. And then he attacked these guys from behind. He's a backfighter. It's he's like he's like a, a year and a half ago when we would say, "What does Tommy Cairo have to do with any of this?" Tommy Tommy Dreamer has taken that role at this point. Yeah, dude. Yeah, he's like, Tommy, mind, your, mind your fucking business, Tommy. He's, he's like a Tommy's pile driving women. He's, he's, he's pile driving women. That's what he is. He's he driving women. fucking jobs, and he can't do. He can't beat. He he chasing this guy for three years, five years. He can't beat Raven. You're a you're a jabroni vigilante. It's Tommy Dreamer. Yeah, he's like the biggest. He's the biggest seal ever. He's pile driving women, attacking guys from behind, <laughs> and interjecting himself in matches that he doesn't. Believe. He he just runs out. Like he's some sort of fucking martyr. Of, of you know, yeah. fuck, we don't need the martyrs. <laughs> we need good matches, good angles, dude. I love a Tommy Dreamer running out with a flag. Fuck, uh, fuck him in a dumb ECW flag. Fucking. Even idiot. if you go back to the story that, even if you go back to the story that Raven was trying to say or tell, he's like, oh, this guy was in. The- it was like this fat girl. He was like, I don't want to fuck a fat girl. And now she's hot. And he's like, okay, I want to fuck her now. But she doesn't want to fuck me. So I'll just pile drive her. He's a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, I pile driven girls before. Uh-huh. <laughs> it, it, it's definitely, it, it's definitely a subject that I've broached before. Um, 
uh, and I'm talking about troop pile troop girls. Uh, yeah, dude. It, I mean, I, I always, I always thought the angle was cool. The only reason why I, I don't, I don't think the actual angle was cool, but I thought the angle was cool in a way that it was laid out. It was something that Scotty had written years, like not years ago, months ago, maybe a year ago. He 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 drawn it out to be a program that was going to carry on, that was going to evolve everything. Like none of it, none of none of any of that stuff. Anybody that was brought into it, any of that stuff was made up, just thrown out there. It was all written out by Scotty, and with Paul's approval, all of it, all of it. And and me and Scotty talked. Me and Scotty talked about it. How it took him. It took him a while to write it, like to, to, to do it all out. But you know, and I was like, he handed he handed to Paul and just said, "Do this." Paul, said, it worked, right? Yeah, but I'm just, and it is a great angle. But I'm just saying, if you look at the end of it, and yeah, I know, I mean, the piece of shit in that situation. Yeah, he he's all fucking broads. I'll drive it, bitches. <laughs> Raven was like, I, I stuck with this chick when she was fucking fat. I still banged her. Yeah. Why Why didn't Raven end up the baby face? Why did he come out and cut the promo? Look, I stuck with her and she was a yeah, piece like, of garbage. Yeah. Yeah, I banged her when she looked like Dusty Rhodes. Yeah. Why, why isn't Raven the baby face of that promo? <laughs> Oh, of any of that angle, why wasn't Raven the star of that? Like, Tom Jamie, you are a dick. Yeah. Like, Raven slapped the fucking thigh and rode the wave in. Fucking Tommy was like, oh, she's a big bitch. I don't want anything to do with that. Yeah, I'm going to have my Beulah. Eh, I want Beulah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that's fucked up, and now what's it? 30, 30 years later, like really, somebody should do a deep dive into that, and really just investigate and realize that Tommy Dreamer was the heel in the great, in one of the, in probably the greatest feud in ECW history. I'd be interested well, in that. After uh, after the after Cactus Jack and Raven beat down Tommy Dreamer, the Pitbulls come out and make the save. And then we have Joey Styles with Mr. Unintelligible laughing. Great wrestler, terrible here. promo. Oh, you come on, you get out of here. Joey's like, Joey's like, here's the TV champion, two cold Scorpio. And then we get a minute and a half. Oh, yeah, <laughs> <mouth. Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> fucking mush. <laughs> Mushmouth has no uh, idea what he's talking about. No, he he, he he I don't even think he knew what title he was fighting for. Um, yeah, I think he may have had the month wrong of the date. Um, yeah, dude, I that was that was probably the best best part of the show for me because I was getting ready to wrap this up anyway, and you know I was like I'm about I'm about done with this, and I'm like this guy's all fucked up. He's like on on October thirty seventh. I will be defending the North American Championship. That that that's how great it was. He um he was like I I really don't think he knew what plate. What, I don't even know what title he was fighting for, where what where it was going to be at. 
That is just tremendous, dude. This is awesome. He only knows yeah. he's an e- he only knows he's an ECW because he just got done smoking weed with Bill Alfonso. He knows he's an ECW. Yeah. You guys remember the Fat Albert cartoon with the guy that had like the the hat and the fucking eyes <laughs> over it? Yeah. Don't, don't don't even get me. Don't get. Are you talking about the guy that says "Save you, man, bitch"? Yeah. Mushmouth or whatever his fucking name was, yeah. Cosby Kid. Did I, I, Any other fucking thing? I've been doing that bit for thirty-five years. <laughs> Who's that? Dude, you're right. I, I mean, I, I just said I've been doing that bit for thirty-five years. Save me, Mammy. Everybody remembers that guy as soon as I say "Save me, Mammy." My dog be lick for your dog be's balls, bus. Oh yeah, I can talk bush mouth on anybody. Yeah, it's too cold. <laughs> you ain't getting this too cold. That's why I understand. Oh, I get it. If if, it was, if, if I was uh if I was younger in Louisiana and Scorpio was headline, oh yeah, I'd be buying tickets for that show. I have no idea what he says, but it sounds like he's gonna fuck somebody up. He said, "Oh, I'm a <laughs> save it, man, I'm a beat Joe Biasma." Almost like he's got Tony Alice writing this stuff. Well, we end the show with Lance Wright discussing on the Hype Central that Tommy Dreamer is going to have a friend. He's he's on the phone with someone right now to come to October the 20, October 28th ECW Arena show to face Raven and Cactus. And we get a Raven and Cactus promo. And I love this because Cactus is, is just the ultimate shit. This is some of my favorite shit in wrestling history. He's talking about the WCW family. And Tommy, I don't want you to be hardcore. I'm, I'm trying to help you. I want you to go to Uncle Eric and and the WCW fa- It's just to, this is the kind of promo that you want to cut if you are trying to be a heel with the ECW crowd and you're a hardcore icon. Because it. how hard is it? How hard do you think it is to figure out a way to turn that crowd on Cactus Jack? And he fucking figured it out. Dude, could, um, yeah, you, you're absolutely at, you're correct. Um, the only thing, I mean, you know, it, this is Monday morning here. Um, I would have, I would have loved to have shot that in some other format to where it didn't look like it was being shot, you know? You know, you know, but there's no chance you would add cell phones there, you know? Right. Right. He's, but, he's, he's, know, a, he's a, on a car phone. You know what I mean? Like, just some other way that could have been shot without it looking like it was being shot. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, you got, you got a hard camera standing there, you know, whatever. Yeah, but that, that, was, that was good stuff, man. I really enjoyed that. That, 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 that was good stuff. And then, of course, to wrap up the episode, we have Tommy Dreamer looking like looking doofy, looking goofy, and with his head all bandaged up um, in the ring with Joey Styles. And he talks about how the man that's going to be in his corner. I'm sorry, I said tag team. Uh, but the man that's going to be in his corner at the ECW Arena October 28th is his mentor and hero, the legendary Terry Funk. So Terry Funk is on his way back, and we have missed him, but uh, he'll be back. Hey, the, the whole world was surprised. Oh, my God. It was, it's Terry Funk. Well, I mean, who is it going to be? Fucking Joseph Oldie? One of my trainers? 
mean, Johnny Rods. Johnny Rods. That was that was my next pick. You know, it was uh, Mario Mancini. <laughs> You're not gonna believe who it is. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be Eric Sabracha. <laughs> oh, it's er- Baron oh, Eric Curly Mo. <laughs> Um, uh, what were the names? Zig and Zag, the, uh, the, the equalizers, and then one, and then what was it? One of them was Johnny Grunch. It's gonna oh, be the whole fucking the whole hour. Was it, was, it zip, was it Zig and Zag or Zip and Zap? I can't well, remember. I, whatever. Who cares? Whatever. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> on my cell phone, Tommy Dream. Like on my cell phone, I have Bippo Mongol. For Tommy Dreamer and Nikolai Volkov, that's gonna be his fucking quarter man. I don't fucking know, but it's Terry Funk. What 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 are you talking about? What is what is this? I thought we were making fun of people and stuff. I'm making fun of people. I mean, who are you making fun of? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I thought we were, making, we were making fun of dumb people. You wanted to chime in? You didn't chime in. Come on, you know some dumb people. <laughs> I brought Johnny Rods. Yeah, Johnny Rods. You were talking about Johnny Rods. How great he was, and that's come on. What else? What else you got? Baron Rogers, Kuna. Oh yeah, he's an idiot too. He's a, he's an idiot. Jose Estrada. Oh, Jose Estrada. George Hackett. Oh. He he was a big star in Puerto Rico. Like um they only brought they only brought him like um after he went he him and Johnny Rods trained, he went to Puerto Rico and he made money, you know, I don't know, in nineteen eighty 1980 standards money in Puerto Rico. Oof. <laughs> Dude, you got change for this dollar? Hey, he made it out alive. Let's put it, let's let's give him credit. Let's give him credit. Yeah, for that. yeah, you're you're exactly right. So I um I'm pretty sure that after his his brief stint down there, he went back home and then he just did the he did, I did I mean I did a few shows. Uh, I, um, if, if it wasn't him, it was his kid, or I don't know. Oh, whatever. They all these shots, fucking, yeah, oh, sure. <laughs> well, to put <laughs> to put a button on this episode of reliving the extreme. How do you guys rate this didn't episode? Edge break didn't didn't Edge break Estrada's kid's neck? Well, who's his kid? In '98, you know his kid. Junior. Do you think I'm supposed to know who Jose Estrada's kid is? I'm pretty sure Edge broke that kid's fucking neck in his first match on Raw. Like he did, like a flip over the top and just. If he did, I, if he did, I don't. If he did, I don't remember it. Oh, dude. how 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 much of a BD do you think that kid took after his neck got his next guy right? And he said, "Yeah, I spent fucking thirty years doing right. this shit." I, and then you he go was out one there of the and fucked up in your first fucking match. Fuck was it, yeah. Um, 
the kid one of the Bariquas? I don't. I mean, I. I, I would I would I would totally believe it. Yeah, I mean I would have no problem not to believe it. And because uh, you know anybody's an Estrada. I mean, there's Jose Estrada and Erica Estrada. There's, 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 there's all kinds I'm of I know Nate wants to close up the show, but I'm pretty sure that's the kid that fucking Edge broke his broke that guy's fucking neck. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna find the right, well. <laughs> Sucks to be him. <laughs> well, guys, what, yeah. what what overall grade would you give this episode of ECW? If you, were <laughs> you are wrapping this up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got a P. <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah B minus. B minus. Oh yeah, man, Aaron, that's a fucking that's a very good that's a very good grade because. I'm starting, um, if you go by our recent history, our, our past six shows, probably, four shows even, you can see where the, the D stopped and then it started becoming the C's. And and then after a couple of shows, it was the C's and then I reached the B's. And now I'm in the B's with this yeah, show. We- and, and I'm totally going to give it, um, uh, uh, oh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna give it a B, just a B. I mean, there that's, was stuff missing that I knew was missing, like more of my offense mostly. But <laughs> that's um that's not to be talking about now. But uh, yeah, I gave it a B. The presentation was totally. I thought it was. I thought it was great. A great uh, highlight package. You know, this is where we're going, kind of thing. That's what I thought. And I was in the same area as you guys. I actually said B also. So we're definitely seeing a an uptick in quality and um, and storytelling within ECW. We're starting to get to the ECW that uh, is the iconic ECW. So as the weeks go on, I'm sure our grades will get better. They may go up and down a little bit here and there, but overall, no, I think I think at this point we're going to remain steady. Probably until so. about probably until about early '99. So we got a few years. Oh yeah, we got years before before that. <laughs> but that being said, Aaron, Chad, thank you for joining me this week, and I want to thank everybody for joining us. Uh, just a side note, thank you. Uh, about four days ago, we had our highest ranking on Apple that we've had so far. The the, the show was actually I think it was uh, I think it was middle last week. We actually hit eighty seven. Number 87 in the wrestling category on Apple Podcast. Wow. So thank you all wow. for your support. And hey, uh, hey thank, thank all you guys. This, this, is, this is coming from me because we, we love doing this. We love supplying this. And we're glad you're listening. That's unbelievable. Yes. And tell your friends. We, we need we need 84. <laughs> yes. We don't we need 84. We don't want to get 86. <laughs> no, we don't want 85. We want to go 84. We want to go two up. We ain't going one up, one up. We want to go more up. Yeah, tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Tell people you don't even know. Yeah, even tell the people you think will hate it. At least you'll be <laughs> giving them something they're not going to like if you don't like them. Oh, yeah. Just go to Walmart and tell yeah. people that listen to this shit. Yeah, they will. Tell the recart. I'm the listener. Tell the variety club. Okay, I'm not saying that either. Edit out, retard.
Yeah, I'm not saying that. Save Variety Club. I know. Not not the Amigo Riders. Not not the the Go-Getters. I'm not saying any of this. Don't. (laughs) No, I'm not saying any of this. Bring them in. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week.